0: The following pendant production contains mature subject matter. Hello,
1: and welcome to another Kingery Commentary. This is Perry Whittle, the director of the Kingery, and uh, you are listening to the commentary for Season 3, Episode 9. The release date is January 29, 2010, and the title of this episode is The Bimbo Outfit, and I wrote it, uh, as well as directing it. Um, And also with me on the call... Assistant Director, Christopher Stodder. Welcome, Christopher.
0: Hello. Not much that I can say right now.
1: <laughs> we are listening to the Previously, and the music is With Purpose and Intent by David Alexander McDonald. And, uh, okay, so first thing, let's talk about the coffee. This ends the great coffee run of Season 3, and... Boy, if I'd realized what I was bringing to a close, I would have put the word coffee into the script a bunch of times. <laughs> but I didn't. I forgot. I didn't realize what I was doing. And um, because in the in the past uh, four or five or I don't know how many episodes we've done a lot of stuff with coffee. We've had Devi taking coffee to Asa, and Asa using it as a sign to to communicate with Debbie and we had Debbie demanding coffee from hooks and we had Sylvia demanding coffee from Tommy and we had major making coffee for Tommy and Sylvia and later just for for Tommy to try and calm him down uh, we had Sylvia serving coffee to major and we had Madeline gray being a connoisseur of coffee with Roberts and with Nora Hutchins or maybe that was tea and with her old pal Leo um, and there may be more, but that's all I can remember at the moment. But I forgot to put any coffee in this episode.
0: Oh man, no I, coffee!
1: Yeah, I blew it.
0: Well, I so would right, say you blow it.
1: <laughs> so right about now. Um, the first scene starts. We have Paul Lavelle playing Officer Branis, uh, being his snarky usual self. And we have Andrew Eckhart playing Roberts. And, Chris, you cut the dialogue together for this episode. I mean, for this scene.
0: Yeah, I did. Uh, you know, Branis seems like such a jerk sometimes. I just want to reach through and just smack him around. He's got such a that snarky attitude that... Uh, <laughs> yep, yep. You need you need Madeline Gray there to slap him around a little bit. Yeah, she'll, yeah. And, she'll do that. And Roberts doesn't seem like he want, actually wants to do anything about it. He's sort of still a little bit out of it from his whole experience. Yeah, he's just trying to get away in this scene. And, um. Well, don't just stare at
1: me, Huxley. Wow, so already we're into the next scene. And we have Shane Nolan playing Devi, doing a great job. And me, I play hooks. And Chris, you cut the dialogue together for this one, too. Oh, I wanted to talk about the music. No music in the police station. They don't have the budget for it. <laughs> um, and in the uh, in the new sort of uh, makeshift shenanigans, the music is Big Beds and Horses' Heads by David Alexander MacDonald. And the previous episode of The Kingery that I wrote, which was um, Season 3, Episode 4 i really struggled with the length and and i found that i couldn't get into and out of a scene in less than four pages so in this episode i really wanted to try to learn to write shorter scenes and the first one is a short scene um less than a minute long and the second one is a pretty short scene and we go through like the first seven or eight minutes of this uh episode with lots of really short scenes so i Hope that means I learned something. Unless everybody hates it, in which case, I learned the wrong thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we're already through that scene, so.
1: Yeah, I, I try to I try to talk about nonsense whenever I'm performing, so that I don't have to I don't have to talk about it.
0: Why you do such a great job? Oh, you do. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. Um, so now we have socks, uh, played by. No, well, we had. We talked through that team. one, too. <laughs> <laughs> R- Renee, Renee okay. Christine Jones joins the Kingery, um, cast as Sox. M. Sierra Garcia, of course, is Major. Pete Mylan is Tommy. And um, I just love the um, performance that Renee gave as Socks. I just love that. Uh, Now we're listening to Susan Bridges as Sarah and Jane Parrish as Regina, both doing a marvelous job. Susan doing this long monologue that I wrote uh, to fade in on the scene. And, Chris, you cut the dialogue together again. Yeah. And the music is Into the Void by David Alexander MacDonald. Okay, alright. All right and i love susan's performance of uh maxwell yeah <laughs> like uh who is that why are yeah. you why are
0: you seeing him
1: yeah she's trying to figure because we sort of um, you know for the first two seasons we just called him roberts um and so then i think it was in this season when we finally gave him a first name
0: yeah, and, and, and I think it was this season. Was it this season where he actually got his body back?
1: Uh, it was just the very end of the um, second season. Yeah, yeah. So, so he barely has ever been in his own rightful body um, before this season. Yeah. Uh,
0: you uh, know I love you, but girl, I mean, it's just some great performances here. I mean, <laughs> the kind of banter I would expect, you know, two girlfriends to have.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And now we're back on the street We've got Sox again Renee Christine Jones uh, Major M. Sierra Garcia Tommy Pete Milan And across the street We've got Ashwath Ganeshan Trent Clifton Tip Callier And you have to listen real hard for Tip Because he's going to get killed in this scene And that's it for him in this episode And thank you Tip for a great performance And for saying all the lines Even though you got killed in your first scene And so I didn't use all your lines. And Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard is all, uh, those four folks are all gang members. And then Xander Mobis plays the gang leader. And Sox is still trying to catch up. She is not the sharpest crayon in the box. And um Change Careers, when Tommy talks about not wanting to change careers, that may possibly be a sly reference to a short audio play I wrote and directed outside of Pendant, uh, which starred M. Sierra Garcia and Bruce Busby. Go look it up. Uh, Jeffrey said that in the writer's chat, he said he really liked Tommy's line, if there weren't civilians on the street, I'd start shooting right now. He thought that was a good encapsulation of Tommy's character.
0: Yeah, I, I did. I mean, I kind of expected that line from him uh, when all, everybody started shooting and uh, you heard the crowd running or the the civilians running all around. And, yeah. And then, of course, we're back up on top, pretty much looking down on the whole scene. And uh, uh, we have Regina, who's... Uh, Going nuts now because she sees uh, uh, Maxwell getting shot.
1: Right, right. And I thought you did a great job cutting that dialogue together, and Jane did a marvelous performance. And the music was Butterscotch Starlight by David Alexander MacDonald. And one other thing, I tried to make sure that Tommy Tommy's gang has guns that sound much deeper tone than Shimizu's gang's. Shimizu's gang's guns, they go puck, puck, puck. And Tommy's gang's, their guns go boom, boom, boom. And so that way you can tell that uh, Tommy's gang's guns don't start up until after Regina has noticed that Robert has been shot. And that was one of the ways that I tried to indicate that Tommy and his crew did not shoot Robert. Yeah, you know, I didn't even pick that up at all. Okay, all right. Well, so I should have made it more obvious. It was just
0: oh. a bunch of a bunch of shooting, and the and I guess I felt from the, the previous scene we knew who was shooting at the at, at the time. Yeah, and
1: um, so now we have Craig Cooksey as the EMT and Jane Parrish as Regina, doing a, both doing a great job. Chris, you cut the dialogue together in this scene, and I wanted to say that Pete Mylan was the um, the one in the writers' chat who first suggested that everybody should recognize Roberts as the unfortunate punching bag that he's kind of become.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So he added that, so kudos and thank you, Pete. Okay, well, that was a lot of scenes in a kind of a short time, and now the pace of the show slows down a bunch. So to reflect that, we have music, which is called Slow Flow by David Alexander MacDonald. And welcome to Christine Green, who plays the receptionist at, um, oh, what's it called? Starlit Garden. And Alicia Lane Matheson plays Madeline Gray. And uh, near the uh, middle of this scene, Mike Winters plays Captain Richards. So I called this um, episode The Bimbo Outfit. And um, one of the other titles that I was considering for a while was calling it civilians um, so Tommy calls uh, the people who aren't gang members on the street civilians and here the receptionist calls gray a civilian so that was a term that I was sort of interested in while I was writing this uh, what it means in different circumstances so um, you know Tommy thinks that people who aren't gang members are civilians and the receptionist thinks uh, people who aren't cops are civilians and
0: it's kind of kind of interesting I, I wonder what tommy thinks he is then i mean does he re- reference himself as a gang member or does he think he's something more of a warrior at that point
1: yeah i don't know it's uh but it's something it's something it's either the warrior or a member of a tribe or something yeah something that makes him i think more i think in his mind it's more than a civilian
0: yeah i definitely agree
1: with that and here, I, I think okay. that Gray is on a different planet. Uh, at any rate, she's in a different city. So I, um, I added a bunch of noise to the cell phone because I, I think that interplanetary cell phones are still pretty noisy. So I added a bunch of static in there. I hope that's not too annoying, but I hope it's kind of annoying.
0: Yeah, I noticed uh, the static. I was like, "Come on, it's the future. They should have. They should be able to dial uh, uh, different solar systems." I was thinking That's it was a different entire uh, galaxy or solar system.
1: Well, it could be. Could be. It's sector um, something. What is it? 92s. Yeah, 92. and the, and the Kingery is in uh, 88g, I believe. So yeah. And uh in the writers chat Jeffrey Bridges said that he liked Madeline Gray's attitude towards Robert that that she was kind she was not too cold And uh I really loved Alicia's performance of I'm not his fucking mommy which I, is one of my possible many favorite lines in this episode It seemed to me that that was the kind of um Sort of a surrogate mom or surrogate girlfriend role that that may be something that she's uh, been struggling against for a long time. So she may be a little bit sensitive to that kind of attitude. But as a female cop, she's uh, not really one of the boys. She kind of has an additional role as well. Um, let's see. Another favorite line of mine was Socks. Um, no, when Tommy says, don't shoot no, while there are I civilians, do. until the civilian scatters, and Socks says, don't shoot. Um, <laughs> I just like that.
0: I'm begging you, not this skank skin. Put
1: it on. What is the. Um, Chris, you cut the dialogue together for this fantastic scene between Sierra Garcia and. Pete Mylan as Tommy Arkell. Yeah, this
0: was, this was a great scene. This was a great scene. <laughs> you did a great job writing this scene. <laughs> oh, thank
1: you so much. Well, it was... Um, I'll talk about that in a second. So this, I
0: call this Tommy and Major Played
1: Dress Up, and the music in the background is Yeah, We'll Hold This by David
0: Alexander McDonald. <laughs> yeah, this, this was such a great scene because... Uh, both the uh, Pete and uh, M provided so many different ad libs to pick and choose from to make this scene just exactly what it was My basically two people uh, uh, talking like friends when uh, something needed to be done but you know one trying to you know uh, major was really trying to trying to take control of the scene because she was going to be the one going out in this crazy outfit (laughs) right
1: right m had a lot of fun ad-libbing synonyms there um i only wrote one (laughs) she (laughs) provided all the rest thank you m and um so i threw in some brand names here skank skin that's a brand name and i think you can tell what kind of clothes they manufacture based on that name (laughs) trophy tushies that's another brand name um Again, I think that they have a very specific market. This scene is why I asked to write this episode. The outline said, Tommy sends Major out to get supplies, but he makes her go in disguise. And I thought that would be a lot of fun. And originally I thought there would be cross-dressing. But the point of putting a character in disguise is to test him or her. And so I thought the most difficult test for Major would be to act like a sexually subservient woman because um, I don't really see that as being oh part of her character. God, oh God, but in case the other writers objected, I also wrote a short version of the last scene with Major disguised as a priest. I, I didn't think it worked very well, so I was really happy that we got that we got to stick with this.
0: Yeah, I mean, Em and, uh, and Pete both provided so many ad-libs for this uh, scene that I was really cutting and pasting a lot of different uh, ad-libs together to... To get the flow that I felt should have been for the scene, you know, the arguing between them. I mean, Tommy has some very specific uh, ideas of what he wants uh, Major to look like uh, when dressed up, so. Right. And she's, she's just complaining the entire time.
1: Right, and I, I really like the the way that you um, kept the pace really quick and, and uh, trading back and forth. Uh, Tommy is walking back and forth and getting stuff out of a closet and a cabinet and uh, you know he's got all this stuff stashed around his office for some strange reason I really like the way that you put um, I really don't like this Uh, I think that was an ad lib of m's uh, and you put it behind the other dialogue Farrah Fawcett's death was still recent when I started working on this episode, so the Farrah wig is my tribute to her. Lifts and separates. For you youngsters, that's the slogan of a historical bra manufacturer, and I thought that in the future the same phrase might be applied to a different part of the anatomy. And Major is, uh, although she's really uncomfortable about displaying her physique, she's also very proud of it, and that's why she says, It's me, boss. It's all me. So this is one of those uh, those audio theater things. In audio, when you're in disguise, you change your voice as the audible manifestation of the disguise. One of Pete's great ad-libs that didn't get into the show, which I think when uh, Major kisses him, and he says, uh, that's creepy and sexy in a weird way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't really know that that was an ad-lib, that he was actually was Tommy. It, it, it almost seemed like... <laughs> There were a couple ad-libs in there where he was saying, like, uh, that's creepy in a weird way, like he was responding to the dialogue he just said. So it didn't feel like an ad-lib to me. <laughs> because it, it, it was just, uh, it was just it was, I, I was laughing that entire time. I was re- listening to all of those entire lines.
1: Uh, well, good, good. That's good. I think that's good. All right, let's see, we're back on the street again, and we have M.C.O. Garcia playing Major, and we have Richard Castro playing some horny guy. Welcome to the Kingery cast, Richard. And Fiona Thrale once again as Sylvia Arkell. Now, uh, Richard, the character that Richard is playing, in the script he's just named Guy. But when it came time to put together the credits uh, for Bruce Busby to read, I thought that that was just too dull a name, so... Um, I uh, ended up with some horny guy.
0: <laughs> and
1: so what I'm trying to do here when I wrote this thing is I'm trying to ratchet up the pressure on Major. First, she has to deal with the horny guy, and that's not really much of a problem. She can handle that. And then she has to deal with Sylvia, and she can pretty much handle that. And, she handle that. and then she has to deal with both of them together. and Now, that's a little bit of a problem, but she shoes off the horny guy, and it's it's really pretty much okay. Okay. Um, that's what I was trying to do when I wrote this thing. I love Fiona's performance, especially the last line. What uh, about that thing you want? Just love it.: You understand me: One of the favorite lines that I wrote in the episode was, "I look like a fucking sex circus."' <laughs> one of the things that we went past there.
0: Yeah, I like the tail end of that uh, dress-up line where, or scene where I actually used some of his ad-libs to make him stutter, Tommy stutter a little bit when he was trying to explain why he had the outfit.
1: (laughs) Yes, that was very, very nicely done. Very good. I am
0: dead fucking meatloaf.
1: The easiest and yet also maybe most time-consuming thing to write was Major and Tommy playing dress-up. I wrote a lot of different versions of that scene. Um... So it it wasn't really hard to write for Tommy and Major in that scene, but it was kind of time-consuming and difficult to put together all the different versions and make sure that I ended up with stuff that was working and working well together and that it flowed correctly. Um, There was one day when I read a couple of the choice lines that I'd left out of the um script to my girlfriend and she laughed so hard that I thought well no I have to put these I have to find a way to work these back in so I worked uh I think two out of three of them back in there was also something about where um Major felt like the clothes were so tight that people could read her tattoos through them
0: and, um, and that Tommy, would have been a funny one. <laughs> to add.
1: Tommy asked something like, Who's Bunny? Or, you know, Here. I wasn't <laughs> finalized on the name, whatever the name was. And, and then Major would get upset, and Tommy would go, Oh, it's okay. I can't really see it through your clothes. I, I peeked while you were changing. And Major says, That's supposed to make me feel better. But. So there you are. That's, that was on the cutting room floor.
0: Not because uh, me, wow. Because that where the, are we now? <laughs> oh, we are. Where are we? Everything.
1: We're now, Uh-oh. we're in the hospital, and we've got Jane Parrish and Mike Winters as Regina and Captain Richards, and the music in the background, Weavers of Dream, Citizens of Earth, in the background by David Alexander McDonald and Chris. You cut the dialogue together.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, the, Regina seems like she's sort of hey, going hey. the way of, uh, okay. um, what was the preacher's name? Uh, Shepherd. Shepherd. Yes, she's going that way. Like, sort of like, there's some sort of religion disease that she caught from him. <laughs> She has in the grip. She
1: has been in the grip of some peculiar religious mania, and um, under its influence, she forgave Shepherd for a whole lot of crazy stuff, and she still seems to be there. Okay, now we're in the last scene, and um, we have. M. Sierra Garcia playing Major, Ashwath Ganeshan as a gang member, Trent Clifton as a gang member, Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard as a gang member, and Xander Mobus as the gang leader. And Major throughout all this stuff on the street, she's just not able to walk very fast. She goes at a very measured pace. And I wanted several gang members so that they would sonically surround Major and increase the sense that she's in danger because... That's what I was trying to do in in this scene, and the whole um, Major walking around in disguise was just ratchet up the pressure and the danger for Major. And so I wrote for all these gang members and then asked people to come in and play them, and one of them had to get killed in the... F- and, and I didn't... Everybody had to perform all the lines for all the gang members, and then I split them all up because I didn't want one person always saying for real and you know so i i spread that around so thanks very much to all the people who played gang members ashwath trent Gwendolyn, and tip um thanks for doing all that work because you you had to record every gang member every line for every gang member even though i only used like a third of your lines except for tip and i only used a very small fraction of your lines so thanks for all that extra work
0: and i want to say thank you for writing that because While I was cleaning those lines, for a week, I was using the word for real for everything. Somebody would ask me something, I'm like, for real? (laughs) real? That sort
1: of um, litany is inspired by a couple scenes from the Firesign Theater's 1980 or 81 album, Fighting Clowns. Check it out, folks. Um, The guys are sitting around in a hot tub, uh, stoned, and... um, Every time somebody says something, the other three echo in with um, a litany of uh, unimportant statements. So I was trying to make this scene nasty and threatening, but without being just plain old disgusting. And um, people can tell me whether they thought I did a decent job. Hold your gun. Oh, shit. She's got the gun. And all that stuff with... uh, major asking folks to hold things that's major trying to improve her odds in a fight occupying their hands reducing their mobility and um well whatever
0: make your head explode.
1: and at the very end i added a little kick sound i don't know if you can tell that but i thought major would give him a kick in the ribs oh yeah even though he's dead
0: The Kingery, Season Three, Episode Nine:
1: The Bimbo Outfit. And Bruce Busby reading the credits, marvelously as always. Thank you, Bruce.
0: Oh my heavens! I have talked so much. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> but it's good. Any, any final thoughts,
1: Chris? I had so much to say about this episode.
0: No, I think this this episode was really great overall, and I had a lot of fun working on it with you. Good. Well, I'm glad. I thought
1: you did a great job, and I thought the whole thing turned out very, very well. I hope that the fans agree.
0: So, um, thanks
1: to everybody who contributed to the episode. Great work. And to all the audience members who are listening to this, I'll see you again in a month.
0: Perry Original music composed by David Alexander MacDonald. Directed by Perry Whittle. Assistant Director Christopher Stodder. Produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2010, Pendant Productions. The Kingery, created by Jeffrey Bridges, Susan Bridges, McCullough Eaton, John Harden, and Teresa J. McGarry. Copyright 2010, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.